Welcome to Heal to Hope, the podcast. It's your girl, Adrian Kay, and this is part two of, I don't even know what to call this because we started off having a conversation and it just kind of evolved, but I have my bestie, Jasmine Tamia, here in the studio. Oh, you shouldn't have. <laughs> I'm so happy to be here. And for those that may not have caught um, part one, um, she is a wife, a mother, a follower and lover of Jesus Christ, a motivational speaker and an inspirational YouTube influencer. And I'm just so excited to have her here with me and we're going to get into some stuff. We're really about to dive deep into, um, you know, we, we left off last time talking about what, how Jesus met us, right? And so now we're, and we stopped because we wanted to really give um, room to really talk about this. And we are about to dig deep. We are about to get raw and real and transparent and buckle up, <laughs> buckle up. So I'll go first, um, cause you over there laughing and stuff. So I'll go first. <laughs> Y'all, I had a moment. We <laughs> talked about this on the last episode. She literally just threatened me. She was like, you better come in on time. <laughs> and I was like, ah. That's all right, y'all. The Lord is working on me. He's working on me, and you get to be a part of this journey with me. Praise God. Now, the funny thing is, is that, again, <laughs> she is a YouTube influencer. <laughs> she goes live on, on Facebook. It's different. <laughs> it's different. But it's all good. So, um... Maybe episode three, I'll get it together. Yeah. Or when I come back. So, we were talking about before you know, how, how we were prior to, or, you know, at that time when Christ met us. And again, I've have mentioned, you know, a few times before just how, um, reckless I was and where I am now is so very different than where I was at that time. Because when Christ met me, I was drinking every day. Um, you guys, you know, I want to ad lib so bad. So Christ met you when you were drinking. What? He, he did meet you when you're drinking. Okay. He did. And as a matter of fact, I can even tell you what I was drinking. I was drinking Bacardi 151. You know, um, I'm going to have to put a trigger warning uh, <laughs> label on this one. Um, but I was drinking Bacardi 151. And I was drinking that every day. You know, I was I was drinking pretty hardcore stuff. That Bacardi fifty one fifty. What is it called? Bacardi, Bacardi one fifty one fifty one. That's like gasoline. <laughs> like that's what that stuff smells like to me. Like you can run a whole car. You was drinking that every day. Yeah, I was drinking that every Just day. Just straight. No, I I mixed it with. Uh, I mean, it still doesn't even matter. It's Bacardi one fifty one. Oh, okay, yeah, gasoline. It's, it's one fifty one. Jesus. Um. Yeah, I was I was drinking that. Mm -hmm. Um. I had just gotten out of um. Well, I had just moved into a one bedroom apartment from a four bedroom house. And I had just 
gotten out of, well, I hadn't just gotten out of the relationship, but I was still dealing with, you know, when you break up with somebody and you have a whole, you've been together for a very long time and you have all these like attachments and entanglements that need to be undone as you part. Yes. <laughs> um, so I was, all of that had finally just ended. Like the relationship had ended a few months prior, but because like, you know, we shared, you know, her daughter and there was entanglements even tied to that, um, that I needed to, you know, resolve those. And so anyway, I'm in this one bedroom apartment by myself. I was working full time, but I was only making like $14 an hour. You know, the apartment that I lived in absorbed most of my paycheck. Mm. Um, and I was drinking every day. This was the first time in almost seven years that I had lived by myself. And I kid you not, I remember it like it was yesterday. Um, I poured a drink one night, fell asleep. I poured a drink, took one sip, fell asleep. So anybody that knew me back in my drinking days, I didn't waste alcohol. To me, that was like sacrilege. I didn't do that. So the fact that I poured a drink, took one sip, fell asleep, and did not finish it. When I woke up the next morning, I was mad. <laughs> wait, wait a minute. So you was mad because they were still drank in the cup? Yes, because I didn't finish it. I wasted it. Wow. Yeah. And, you know, you put ice in your drink and it then watered it down and all that. <laughs> you, you tried to drink it? I did. Oh, my God. I did. But because I felt like that, I, that was abuse. I was wasting it. That was my... You gotta remember, I was jacked up. That was my thought process then. Y'all, I'm still trying to process this, my own self. So I'm asking her questions while I'm trying to process what she's saying. Like, wait a minute. So you, you still tried to drink it and it was watered down? I, I did. So forgive me for my ad lib. Go, go ahead. No, continue. So, um, you know, and I, the next day, so that was a Friday night. So, of course, the next night, poured myself another drink. Took one sip out of it, fell asleep. Okay, so how big was the drinks that you was pouring, though? Um, I mean, it was like, it was like a regular glass. It was just a glass? Yeah. Okay, because I'm trying to, I'm trying to picture it. That's why I'm yeah, asking. Yeah, so about that, you know, like a eight ounce yeah, cup. Yeah, about, like, okay. you know, like one of them short glasses, okay. the brown liquor glasses. Y'all, I'm to a call visual them. person, so I'm <laughs> thinking like, do you got one of them big 16 ounce cups? <laughs> like, <laughs> that's what I'm trying to see. You got a six, a 40 ounce cup of something over there? Like, what, what is going on? Okay, so we, y'all imagine like an eight ounce cup. Okay, I'm with you. Yeah, so an eight, an eight ounce cup that was mostly Bacardi. Okay. And a splash of Coke. Okay. Okay. It might even have been Diet Coke at that time. Who knows? Um, so, I, you know, second night, poured a drink, took a sip, fell asleep. Woke up the next morning, so now it's Sunday morning. Same thing, I'm mad. Because I'm like, what the heck? That's two nights in a row that <laughs> I have not... Yeah, that I've wasted <laughs> alcohol. Like, Bacardi 151, yeah, it wasn't the most expensive thing in the world. But when you was only making $14 an hour, right. you know, you didn't want to waste money mm -hmm. on... You know, so... um, The next night, I poured a drink, 
So now this is Sunday night. Poured a drink. I don't even think I took made it, I don't even think I took a sip out of it. If I did again, it was only one. That Monday night, I didn't pour a drink. And I didn't pour one after that. I have not drank since then. Wow. So three days, the Lord managed to. Now this, I'm again. Now did you ask him for this? No, no. So you didn't even ask. No, I didn't ask him for this. Didn't even know him at this time. Mm. You know, he had started talking to me, but I didn't know him like that. But he made himself known to me. I didn't ask for it. Wow. I didn't I didn't do anything. Now, well, let me back up. So I mentioned that I moved into this one bedroom apartment. So this is now the end of November of 2011. So in December of 2011, I got a notice from the IRS. Like, and it was a late notice at that. It was through my job. They were about to garnish my wages. So again, remember I said I only made $14 an hour. So the IRS is coming after you. Right. And they were about to garnish my wages and was going to leave me with like $300. Wow. They told you how much they were taking. That was going to leave me $300. Now I'm in this new apartment. I have a car note, you know, rent, bills, insurance, you know, all the usual stuff. And so literally I am freaking out like, whoa, um, I can't afford that. So I get in contact with the IRS. They tell me that basically I have to file because there was a period um, several the few years prior to all of this that I was dealing with endometriosis, a lot of health issues. My life was a hot mess. I was drinking, I was clubbing, you know, because ultimately I was miserable. Mm. And so all I did all of that to make myself feel better, but it didn't. How often do we do that? Oh my gosh, girl, that's a whole that's a whole nother that's a whole nother, exactly. for another day. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, and so I didn't file taxes. And they were like, you have to file these missing tax years before we even make a, a payment arrangement with you. Well, you heard me say, I just moved into this apartment. What happens when you move? You have additional expenses. Well, not only that, but everything's in boxes. Oh, very true. Everything's in boxes. So literally, I'm sitting in my apartment that I had only been in for maybe two weeks at this point. And I'm in tears because I'm tearing up boxes to try to find everything that I need to be able to file these tax returns. And these are like not recent years. These were like from a few years before. So now I have to find W-2s from all these years and file. And then I'm like, and how am I going to do that? Now I got to pay somebody with money that I don't have to try to... So you see how this is snowballing? Mm -hmm. So literally... I called off work the next day and I'm sitting in the middle of my living room in with boxes in tears. And I'm basically having like a meltdown in my living room. And I'm like, 
I don't know how I'm going to fix this. I don't know how I'm going to do this. I don't, you know, there's so many, I'm like, I'm about to lose everything. There's nobody that I could stay with. I had only been here in Phoenix for two years at that point. So I really still didn't know anybody. And, you know, and I didn't have any family here. There was nobody else that I could stay with. So I'm like, what am I going to do? So mm -hmm. I get up and I go into my bedroom and literally I'm, I'm, I had mattresses on the floor at that time. So I remember that life. So I'm sitting <laughs> ne on the side of my bed on the floor and I'm sobbing. And I remember saying, and again, I, this is prior to salvation. And I said, and I prayed for the first time in who knows how long. And I said, God, I don't even know if you're real. But if you are, please fix it. I'll do whatever you want. Wow. Just fix it. And that was it. And I laid there, I cried some more, and I cried myself to sleep. And this is like in the middle of the afternoon. And when I woke up, Nothing cataclysmic had happened <laughs> because I the think IRS didn't back off right on you, girl. because I think sometimes we think like you know we pray something and we're in expectation of like earth shaking the sun stops but you know what I mean everything bad just stops. right right and so that's not the story here mm -hmm. but what did happen is that a friend of mine who I went to high school with reached out to me on Facebook. Now keep in mind, this is 2011. So Facebook wasn't quite as robust as it is now. Um, <laughs> and she messaged me, messenger was there. She messaged me and she said, Hey, um, I've seen some of your Facebook posts. Are you okay? What's going on? And so I told her, you know, I said, hey, I have these taxes that I have to file. They're trying to garnish my checks. Now, what you don't know is that my friend who reached out to me after I prayed this, um, she was not a, um accountant, but she was in an accounting department and had been for years. Wow. Um, for the, her employer. So she knew how to do this stuff. Wow. So when I told her what the situation was, she then tells me, email me everything you have and I will do your taxes for you. Wow. Now you see how God did that? Wow. That one little thing. Wow. It wasn't anything cataclysmic, but it was yeah. at the same time. That's powerful. Exactly. Ooh. So she did my, she said, I'll do your taxes for you. I emailed her because I had a scanning app on my phone. Mm -hmm. I scanned and emailed her everything that I had. And I had stuff that was missing, but she was like, it doesn't matter. Send me what you have. We'll get the taxes in. We can, you know, whatever amendments need to be made, we can do that later. Yeah. She had it done in 24 hours. Wow. She, she to this day has no idea just how much she impacted wow. me at that time no idea I mean I've thanked her but and I've told her but I don't you know how you unless you're in that situation right. you just don't know yeah and 
So she e- she emailed me back the tax returns. I printed them out, called the IRS so I can let them know, hey, I got them done. And I had been previously told that I could overnight them because I literally had to get those into them by a certain day in order oh. for that garnishment to not go into effect at my job's payroll. So I was doing my best to get it in and I only had like a few days to do it. So I have them, I'm, I go to the UPS store so I can overnight these tax returns. And I'm standing in the store on my phone and the first person I talk to says, well, you can't overnight those. You're going to have to put them in the mail and we'll process them when we get them. And I kid you not, I'm in tears in the UPS store. And I'm like, but that's not what I was told. You know, I was told that if I got those, I could overnight them. I said, I cannot have this garnishment go through. I need this stopped. And she was like, well, I'm sorry. You're just going to have to deal with it. Click. So I'm standing there in the store, deflated, defeated, you know, feeling every kind of D word you can think of. And... Something told me to call back. Something told me to call back. We know what that something is, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> we know what that is. And I say is. something because, again, I was not saved. Right. I didn't know Christ. I didn't know anything. I just knew that I needed to call back. So I called back. And the person I got, it was this guy. And he says, and I told him the situation and I told him I had just talked to somebody and how mean she was to me because she was. And, <laughs> and that she um, told me that I could not overnight these tax returns. And he was like, well, you have them there, right? And I said, I said, dude, I am standing in the UPS store literally with a pen and paper so I can get the information to overnight them now. I'm going to go right up to the counter and pay to have them overnighted. I said, but this cannot, this levy cannot go through. I need this garnishment stopped. And he says, okay, I'll tell you what. Put them in the regular mail. You don't have to overnight them. I will fax to your payroll the, the levy stop." Girl, without even seeing the documents? Without seeing the documents. Wow. I did not have to overnight them. He And I said, you're going to fax them tomorrow? <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, yes, I will fax. Because this was like four or five my, in Arizona time. Yeah. So I don't know where he was at. but uh, And he was like, it will be there tomorrow. Your garnishment will be stopped. Oh, and literally, God. I was in tears in the store because... You know, when you're on your own and you have nobody else to, you know, you, I didn't have any help. Yeah. There was nowhere else I could go. So in my mind, I'm about to lose my apartment that I just moved into my car that I didn't have that too. You know, I hadn't had it that long. You know, I'm about to lose my job because how am I going to get to work? I mean, that's where my head was at. Yeah. And so, you know, for this to be turned around, it was scary. But I didn't realize in that moment that God was answering my prayers. I didn't realize it. And again, and I keep stressing this, I was not saved (laughs) at this time. Was not saved. I was still drinking like a fish. I was still cussing like four sailors. 
And I had, well, I had weed in my house. <laughs> you had it in your house? I Yes, I had weed in my possession. <laughs> my possession. Um, <laughs> I had quite a bit of weed in my, in my possession. <laughs> you know what? Because I almost didn't say how much I had. But then I'm like, no, we're going to be, we going to keep it. We keeping keep it, it real. Right. We're going to keep it real. Yeah. Yeah. So I had I had a quarter pound of weed in my house. <laughs> she said a quarter pound <laughs> for one person. I, yeah, I did. I had a quarter pound of weed. Hallelujah, Jesus. And um, yeah, that, that's a whole nother funny story about that because I was trying to sell it, and I and me and Jesus had been talking at that time. <laughs> Told you I was reckless. <laughs> so um, oh. I kid you not. You know, I was so happy that that was taken care of. My wages were not garnished. I Amen. kept everything, you know, and it was all God. But that prayer that I prayed was out of sheer desperation. I cannot tell you the last time that I had prayed prior to that. But listen to what I said when I prayed, though. I don't even know if you're real. But if you are, please fix it. I'll do whatever you want. Just fix it. And he fixed it. And he did. But what I wasn't expecting at that time was for him to cash in on the I'll do whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, oh, by the way, you remember when you said. Right, right. <laughs> So, you know, and that, it was that event that put me on the trajectory that I've been on ever since. It was because of that. Mm. Now, I'm not saying that you have to be in one of those life or death type situations where it's that, where you're that desperate. But I do believe that sometimes we take for granted that he's there mm -hmm. or we don't know that he's there because of whatever the situation was, you know, growing up, whether you you know, were raised in the church or you weren't raised in the church because I wasn't raised in the church. I went to Catholic school yeah. all my life. And, but I wasn't Catholic either. You know, we didn't have a religion. We didn't have, you know, a faith. We didn't have that in my household. Um, I knew of God. I owned a Bible, didn't read it. You know, my parents never talked about God. I owned a Bible and didn't read it. Yeah. But, and I only had the Bible because my grandmother bought it for me. My grandmother bought the Bible. When I remember, she, I think I was 13. But I never, I, you know, it was King James. And, you know, King James is like Shakespeare speak. And Ooh. I never, so I tried to read Those it. tough. Yeah, I tried to read it. And it was like, okay, this is hard and boring. I'm not interested. So I didn't read it. And, um, you know, we, we don't know just how real he is usually until something happens that puts you in that position where you really need him. Uh, sounds like you had an encounter. I did. With him. I did. Mm -hmm. And it was shortly thereafter when he began talking to me. Mm. Oh, so he talks too. He does. And I didn't know that. <laughs> that was another thing that I did not know. <laughs> That's I said, oh, he talks too? Yeah, okay. he does talk. He talks quite frequently, actually. We just have to listen. <laughs> mm -hmm. And um, when he started talking to me, I'll be honest, I thought I was losing it. 
I thought I was crazy and I'll probably lose some listeners anyway because, you know, some of this stuff is probably far-fetched to them, but this is he speaks. This is what happens. He does speak. Yes, he does. And he he speaks quite a bit. Yes, if you're listening. Yes, but you have to be open to hearing him. Um and one of the first things that he told me when and again, I was not saved. Disclaimer. When any of this was happening, he told me that he had a husband for me and that my husband and I were going to do great and mighty things for the kingdom. Now, again, this was 2011. And if you were really paying attention to what I said about 10, 15 minutes ago, I said that her and I you did shared that. a child. You did. So that means that I was in a relationship with a woman. Mm-hmm. And I had gotten out of that relationship. And I was not interested in, not that I wasn't interested in men because I was, but I wasn't thinking about a man at that time because yeah. I had just gotten out of a relationship and wasn't thinking about that. I wasn't trying to get with nobody. And he's talking about a husband. That's a whole different level. I really wasn't worried about that either. Yeah. So him telling me that was kind of like, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all didn't get to see her face. (laughs) (laughs) Like, yeah, sure. Yeah, all right. Pretty much. So. That was a lot of changes, it seems like. Or a lot of experiences that you had with the Lord. It it was. Quick. It was. Before you were saved. Before I was saved. But I was also very skeptical. So I believe that the Lord did all of that to show me quick, fast, and in a hurry just how real he was. Mm, I believe it. He's good like that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, and so for people to say that God's not real, when I tell you that God made sure that his reality was made very real to me very early on, I cannot say that he is not real. Mm-hmm. I cannot deny Same. That he is real, you know. I can't yeah. say that he's not. Yeah. I've had to. I I I know too much. I've yes. seen too much. I've experienced yes. too much to Thank be able you, to say that he's not real mm-hmm. because he is. And these weren't experiences that I just imagined or dreamed up. No, these were real life experiences that I had that I can truly say this happened, and it was all God. Yes. It was truly all God. So if there's anyone that is doubting his reality or doubting that he talks or, you know, that if he, that you pray and he doesn't hear you, trust me when I tell you, you, he hears you. And no matter what state you are in, Mm -hmm. in life, he hears you. Because again, I was not saved when anything that I just described happened was not saved at all and that's powerful so again 
You don't have to have it all the way right. You ain't got to be all the way right to have that encounter with him. He'll work with you where you are. That's basically what you're what you're saying. You're like, okay, Lord, if this is you or... How did you say it? I don't know if you're real. I don't know if you're real. But if you are. But if you are. Wow. That's powerful. Yeah. That was that. And was that's my prayer. prayer. You just communicating with yeah. the Lord. And it's not like I was like, oh, Lord... Jesus, I need you, Lord. Hallelujah. There was none of that. How many seas? How many oceans? Uh, Why is your love towards me? Right. There was no, oh, let me quote five scriptures before I ask, you know, anything. No. No. It was, all it was, was my heart posture. I was desperate. I was desperate. And I didn't have anybody else to turn to. So my thought process was, well, if there's a possibility... That he's real. If there's a possibility. That he can fix it. If he is real. But God answered my prayer. To show that he was. Yes. He answered my prayer. To show that he was real. And that he was there. And that he heard me. Even in my sin. He heard me. Even in my sinful nature. And sinful state. He heard me. Mm. Even in the fact that I had just gotten out of a lesbian relationship, he heard me. Mm. Even in the fact that I had been fornicating for years, he heard me. Mm. Even in the fact that I had been drinking every day for years, wow. he heard me. Yes. Even in the fact that I had been smoking weed and, and slanging weed sometimes, <laughs> and <laughs> you know, he heard me. Wow. So my point is, in belaboring all of that is it does not matter where you are, what you've done. None of that matters. He is standing there with open arms, ready and waiting for you. Amen. Amen. So if there's anybody listening, you know, and you feel that that is you, that you feel as though you are so sinful, you have done so much wrong, you have missed the mark so many times that you can't come to him. I want to let you know right now that that is a lie yes, it is. from the pit of hell. It is a lie because he is waiting and ready for you mm-hmm. with open arms, ready to love you, to pick you up, to clean you up, and to show you who he created you to be. And that's real. That's raw and that's truth. Thank you, Lord. So, I think that is a good place to stop. I know Jazz really didn't get to talk much, but I'm thinking that there's going to be a part three. <laughs> And that'll be her turn to share her. And she has a powerful testimony. And then at the end of that, we are going to pray. Amen. We're going to pray. We're going to pray. So we're going to stick a pen right here. We're going to come back for part three of the testimony series. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I'm, I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. So, Come back for part three. 
see you in a little bit.